Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 44 of Reality of the Rose. I'm your host, Natalie Sprink. Well, here we are, folks. We are at the finale week, day one. I decided, I know, I told you I would let you know. I guess I didn't let you know because really I didn't know until after I watched the show today, tonight, whether I was going to record another podcast. I mean, one big podcast or split it up into two. And after taking about 44 pages of notes, I figured, why well, better do two of them. Otherwise, it was going to be like a four-hour-long podcast, and who wants to listen to four hours? Of course, it doesn't really matter, because if it's two hours and two hours, <laughs> what difference does it make? Uh, oh, well, I don't feel like talking for four hours. So that's an exaggeration. Maybe, maybe not. But, wow. Um, to start off, I'm not even going to mess around with any kind of like Bachelor news. I feel like this is like the only Bachelor news we've heard about in the past week. Um, there are several podcasts that I listened to last week that to me were very interesting, but, um, and I wanted to listen to Clayton's interview on Caitlin's podcast. Um, but I did not get to that one yet. I still want to listen to it though, because I heard there's a few good things. One of them I know is that he admitted to her and I'm surprised they let her air it, but they admitted that he admitted he did not get to choose the order of the fantasy suite dates that that was not, he was not allowed to do that. Now, I don't know whether he revealed whether he would have given Susie the first date or not. I don't know that, but it was confirmed by him that that, and we knew that <laughs> we talked about it. I talked about it last week that was completely set up by producers just in that fashion. He was not allowed to pick the order. But his one-on-one -on -one with Ashley and Ben Higgins in Almost Famous po podcast, and I'm not quite done with it yet. It's almost done. It's like a 45-minute interview, I think is really good. But it was interesting because I listened to, well, obviously I listened to it first and then watched it tonight. And actually a lot of the things he said in their interview, he kind of restated tonight during the show. Uh, which I liked that because it confirmed that he felt those things actually in the moment and not just after he was getting criticism, which to me is very key. And it also leads me to say that everyone needs to freaking cut Clayton a break. I don't know if I feel like I'm the only one in the universe that feels this way. Although I will say Ben Higgins was, gave him quite a bit of grace he was a lead. I feel like any male lead, sh for sure male lead, really any lead, should empathize with Clayton because this whole situation is effed up anyway. It's not a normal situation in any universe. So I feel like Grace alone needs to be given there. Uh, but second, even if you're not a lead and you're just a normal person, if you even have an inkling of like how a TV show works, if there's anybody out there that still thinks The Bachelor is 100% about finding love, you are insane. <laughs> like, sorry, but you're crazy. That is ridiculous. Anyway, um, I'm getting fired up here. I haven't even started recapping yet. But what I was going to say is that I feel so bad for Clayton for getting all this hate. Um, 
that interaction that he had with Susie last week, I've heard so, 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 so much. And actually I was kind of a little annoyed by Ashley Iconetti on Almost Famous because she was really hard on him and she was on the show and also knows how it works. And you, uh, I felt like she just didn't show him any empathy at all. I get that both sides should have some empathy and like stand in each other's shoes. I'm all for that, but I feel like no one's actually standing in Clayton's shoes either. And also, okay, yes, he lost his patience a little bit. He admits on Almost Famous, if you don't have time to listen to it, he admits that what we talked about last week and what I said, now he doesn't admit it fully. I still believe that they actually talked about the fact that she was going to be Bachelorette. I still think the producers put it in her head that she had a good chance of being Bachelorette. I still think that that's why she bolted out of there like she did. I, You can't make me believe otherwise. I will never, ever, ever, ever know the truth. Unless they come out with a tell-all book in like a, 10 years. But uh, he... Where was I? <laughs> oh my God, this is going to be long. Okay, so they had an argument, right? And he raised his voice and he has gotten so much hate and criticism because he lost his temper with her. He's been accused of that famous word gaslighting that everybody likes to overuse and misuse. And it's not fair to misuse it. And saying that he flipped it on her to make it seem like he was the victim and not her. Okay, I can see where some people think that was a level of that, but give me a break. What pisses me off is that I don't care who you are. Okay, maybe there's a 1%, a 1%, one percentage of the world of relationships, two people in a relationship that don't have arguments that end up like this, but it was a human interaction in the moment. Can you honestly tell me that you've never had a fight with someone that you love, even a friend, even if it's just a friend, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a someone just a, a literally a platonic friend, a family member, a your your spouse that you haven't lost your patience in the moment and raised your voice? <laughs> Isn't that the definition of an argument by most people's standards and even if he's human. He raised his voice. He felt betrayed. So did she. So she had a right to raise her voice too. Some people are not as good at that. I probably raise my voice and so does my husband in nearly every argument that we have. It is a human nature when you're arguing and you see your side in the moment. Granted, he admitted the next day he may have felt differently about it, but it was in the moment. You have cameras all around you. You're in this stupid setting that is so unnatural. I can't believe that people aren't like, I just wish I could hear one other person say, dude, like, I get it. You were in the moment. You're a human. You lost your patience a little bit. It's not like he, I mean, he raised his voice at her, but it wasn't like he was even like, given her a lot of hell. I, I just don't get that people aren't like, oh, this was a natural relation, uh, relationship argument between a man and a woman. Uh, okay. So anyway, you get my point. I just, I hate that everyone is making it seem like he's this terrible person and they're questioning his character just because he raises little, his voice some in a argument with someone he loved very much that he felt let down by. Okay. Also, 
He also revealed on Almost Famous that that whole argument and fight that they had was like over a course of three hours. And we we saw what? Maybe 15 to 20 minutes of it. So I still feel strongly that there were actually verbally things said between he and producers, she and producers, and between the two of them that were things they don't ever want aired. Um, so either which way, we saw a fragment of it. Okay, there's my rant. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, how am I going to cut this recap down to like kind of short? Haha. Okay. Here we go. Please tell me, somebody, anybody, if you're listening to this, DM me and say, yeah, I kind of see your point, or no, I don't see your point with that because I just can't be the only one on earth that that is empathizing with Clayton. Okay. So, segment one. Pardon me. Jesse Palmer comes out. So I didn't know how exactly this would be set up. So it turns out it is a live audience and that that live audience is going to be around apparently both nights. So it starts out with him coming out to the live audience. Oh, another thing I heard, and I'm assuming this goes for this audience too. I'm assuming, I don't know, but for sure on the women tell all last week, was it? Um, it was been confirmed that that audience was all actors it, they were paid. They were all SAG actors um, and were paid to be in the audience. And apparently it's still due to COVID, but they were definitely all actors and not just random people that like bought tickets for it, which explains so much. Although tonight in the audience, there was a woman <laughs> that was yawning. Did anybody catch that? I thought that was so funny. I'm like, I wonder if she's a paid actor to yawn. Um, so I'm curious. Tonight's audience looks a little bigger. Not that that means there's not that many actors probably in LA, but um I, I don't know that about tonight and tomorrow night's audience, but I do know women tell all audience was not real people. Well, real people, quote unquote, they were actors. Okay. So Jesse Palmer comes out and introduces the life finale. Okay. He, um, boy, he builds this up. I mean, it was worth building up. It, it was, pr- it was pretty dramatic. Um, he says nothing. I can't believe I just used that word. He says nothing will compare to what we will see tonight. He says it's about to get very wild. So we go back we're back in Iceland. Um, we get this eerie, really eerie church music that is being sung <laughs> by an actual choir in this big church with a conductor and everything. And it's just Clayton sitting there. I, okay. Very set up. I, why did they have to do this? It that was, this was the strangest scene to me. I just thought this was the weirdest scene because the choir was whatever the choir was standing in front of the church, which seemed like maybe in a place that they don't even normally stand, but they were just singing for Clayton, I guess. And us, I just thought that was funny. So Clayton is ITMing while he's sitting in church. Well, actually not while he was sitting in church. He's ITMing as we watch him sitting in church. Um, says that he got very angry and upset. He's referring to his argument with Susie and then he feels terrible about it and says he's just so messed up and that he needs someone to help him because he's so broken. And that's when we see that I'm so broken. And that's when we see him crying. That's the little scene that we've seen. Hey, the scene that we've seen since the very, very beginning of this show, he's crying quite hard. And, um, then we cut to Clayton having a talk with Jesse and it's kind of just the same. He kind of like just overviews what happened the night before. Um, he says he feels so hurt by Susie. So he he's in this conversation with Jesse is explaining, I think why. And it, and, and this explanation is, is a little bit 
um, going back to the almost famous explanation that he gave was very similar. He says he just feels so hurt by Susie because she didn't at all feel like, wait, he didn't feel like she was willing to fight for their relationship. Like it was just like done and over with. And that was my big thing too. It was like, if you really loved him, why wouldn't you at least just be like, okay, sure. Let's spend the fantasy night together and let's just talk. It won't be a fantasy, but let's just talk this through. But like, it was like, she wasn't, wasn't willing to do that. And she told him several times that, wait, I don't finish. I don't, did I finish my thought a while ago? I don't think I did. He said on almost famous, sorry, totally jumping around here. Cause I can't remember if I said this or not, but he said, he admitted that in the moment at like, at some point in that conversation, it like clicked in him that, you know what, is she trying to get out of here because she wants to be the bachelorette? And that as soon as that thought popped in his head, he was like done, like his mood shifted his, and then he couldn't get that out of his head. Cause he already dealt with Sarah kind of lying to him. And he said there was a few other girls that we didn't see that kind of did the same thing. You have to listen to the interview. It actually is really good. And he's like, we're, we're not, we're, we're all aware that people go on this show as a stepping stone. And he said, that's fine. You know, but there are some girls that will use it as a stepping stone, but they're open to finding love too. But he was worried in that moment that this person that he says he loves the most was really like wanting to leave him to become the bachelorette. And that just like set him off, which I get. And I still say that that was fed somewhere to either him or Susie or both by the producers. Okay. Sorry. So anyway, I don't think he actually says that on this show. No, I know. I know he doesn't. Um, maybe tomorrow night, but okay. So she told him, and then he confirms that she told him several times to explore the other relationships fully. And then Jesse says, and you took that as, and Clayton says fully, like fully meaning both things. So he, like he said later, maybe it was his mistake that he didn't clarify what does fully mean. Uh, especially, I think that was Gabby that talks to him about that. And you know, that wasn't specified. So that was not good, I guess but he assumed fully meant in all ways. Clayton says all his walls are up and he wonders if maybe the other two. And so here we get the explanation as to why he is going to tell them. And I think he makes this very clear, very, very clear because everybody's been wondering, why did you tell him? Why did you tell him? Well, he says he wonders if Susie felt this strongly about this being a deal breaker about him loving both of the other two and being intimate with both of them. Maybe the other two is a deal breaker for them too. And they can't move forward. And at this point, he's like, everything is so messed up. I don't want to go into it with any more lies, any more, like without being just totally transparent. I just, I want to tell them both. It just is like, I, I think it was just like a getting it off my chest kind of thing. I have to just tell them both and be honest with them both. So that's his rationale for, for doing this. Okay. So he sets that up here that that's what he's doing. Tells Jesse, that's what I plan to do. So, um, and he know, and also knowing that by doing this, he could lose all of them. Like that's just a risk he'd rather take to do this than to keep this from them. And then the same thing happened with them. So Jesse says something about what if they both want to stick it out? And he's like, uh, I'll guess I'll address that. So we're only on segment two. Holy crap. I, if I'm at 30 minutes already, no, not okay. Um, 
So then segment two, Jesse um, is at the live show, tells us to get ready for the rose ceremony from hell. He says this several times. <laughs> and they show Rachel ITMing that her biggest fear, of course, they're setting this up. Her biggest fear is that he's also falling in love with Gabby and Susie. Of course, it's her biggest fear. Um, then they show Jesse meeting her at the base of this like 85,000 steps she's going to climb up. And uh, she starts walking up the steps. I wish they would have showed her at the last step to be like, holy hell, why are you making us climb these steps and these dresses and these heels? It's torture. God, can you quit torturing us? Next enters Gabby, does the same thing. She says she knows someone will get her tonight. So it's interesting because, you know, there's always music playing in the background. But when the two of them get to the top of the steps, it's literally quiet. No music, no score being played in the background. It's totally quiet. And they kind of whisper to each other, wondering where Rachel, Rachel, where Susie is. And Rachel sort of wonders, like, do you think she went home? Did Susie go home? Is that possible? And Gabby says at this point, anything is possible. So then Clayton enters. He eerily ascends the steps. It was very eerie, actually. Then he comes up there, <clears throat> stands by the roses and says he thinks that they deserve to know what happened with Susie and that he is shattered and that the person that is standing here in front of them now is not the person you were last with. And then you see some expressions from both of them that show a bit of panic. So he says, what I'm about to say is going to be easy to hear, but it, I'm just being very transparent and I feel like I owe it to you. So then he goes on to explain, and I don't need to do it here because we all know what it was, why Susie left. And it, and he said it explained, and he explained that it made him question like everything. I don't think he said like, I just did though. He said, um, he said he didn't want to go about it this way, but since it became a deal breaker with Susie, he didn't want it to be with them as well. So again, he's fully explaining why he's telling them this. He then tells them the famous scene we've been seeing the whole time that he's in love with both of them and he was intimate with both of them. No, he says, I was in love with all three of you and I'm intimate with, was intimate with both. So I wondered a couple episodes ago, why he said it that way. And I mentioned that in the episode, my podcast episode that I thought that was weird that he said, I'm in love with all three of you, but was intimate with both of you. And at that time, I whatever. So that's why he said it in that way. He says he believes that there's light at the end of the tunnel and he doesn't know who he's choosing yet. And he, and he, Truly doesn't, and he wouldn't want to string like the other person along if he really did know. So he asks them to ask questions if they need answers, and he'll be totally transparent, and he respects any decision they make tonight. They both stand there for just a second, and then they both are like, we need a minute, and they, like, go off. Rachel goes down the steps. Gabby goes just, like, off to the side, off the camera, off to the side. So then... <laughs> I mean, I think this is probably real, just the way this is set up in there. But part of me wonders if it is. But they have Rachel crying. And here's Clayton still standing up by that ice altar with the two roses on it. And he is like just standing there. And Rachel's sobbing, 
like sobbing. And in this big, I don't know what this structure is, what this building is intended for. It looks like a super, super cool building, but also very kind of creepy in its own way. And I don't know if it's just because it was dark or if whatever, but like her crying, it's a huge place and it looks like the whole freaking thing is made of ice or something, but her voice is echoing so loud. It was and like, it's, he's just like sitting there. It was like listening to someone being murdered. Like it was like this, (laughs) the look, I honestly felt sorry for him. The look on his face, having to just sit there and listen to her cry and sob and sob and cry and cry and sob. Gabby's talking to a producer and like she's it's almost like she's explained to the producer what happened as if the producer probably didn't know or he already knew or she already knew what was going to happen. Um, and then Rachel is all, then she starts talking to the producer and she's crying and crying and it's horrifying to watch Clayton listen to it. I just, I, Oh, I just felt for him. I felt for all of them. I really, 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 really did. I really can see all their sides, but him listening to her crying in that echoey, creepy building was just beyond. Um, so then we cut to the live audience and it was like silent. Like, you know, you know that the, the, the crew was like, okay, hey, we're going to leave this. We're going to cut silence. Everyone cut. Anyway, segment three. I said, anyway, the crying, it starts segment three with the crying again, very eerie, very, very echoey. And Rachel like undoes the back of her dress, kind of like a button so she can't breathe. Um, Jesse finally comes to Clayton's rescue <laughs> as he's standing there listening and not knowing what the hell to do and ask how he's doing <laughs> while Rachel is crying, sobbing in the background. I just, this was the funniest. I'm sorry, not funny. It really was very, very sad. And I really did feel for all of them, but I just thought it was like, like a little satire for Jesse to walk up to him and be like, so how you doing? <laughs> I great. I am awesome. I, do you hear the crying in the background? It was like, almost like her crying. Like Jesse had to talk louder to, 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 for, so Clayton could hear him over the crying. Uh, I just, I got, I, I sorry. I got a little kick out of that. I just, I did. I'm so I'm cold. I really. Okay. So then Gabby, so they're talking and then, and then Clayton's like, Oh, here comes Abby. It was kind of funny. Cause it was like a little bit into a non-structured format slightly because like, instead of like cutting that, they were like, okay, Clayton's like, Oh, wait, here comes Abby. And Jesse doesn't leave or anything. And like, it was like Clayton was waiting to see if she was going to come to him and talk. And she doesn't, she like walks right past both of them. And, uh, and Jesse, says something like, you know, they're hurt. He's like, I know, I know. Clayton says he knows they're hurt, but he had to be honest and he couldn't go into an engagement with secrets. So then Jesse leaves and Clayton goes and sits on the steps. Gabby comes back from wherever she went and goes up to him on the steps and says, this is so much. And she asked a little bit more details of what happened with, with uh, Clayton and Susie. And he gives a little more details, but then it's like, she shushes it away. Like, okay, I don't, I don't really actually, I was like, I don't, never mind. I don't want to hear the intimate details, but, um, she asks like, how are you going to back up the, I love you? 
And he said, well, ever, whoever he picks, he loves the most. So he says that again. All right. And she just kind of nods her head and you could tell she wasn't really convinced by this, by how he said this or like that, that didn't really sit with her. And, um, and he said like all the other love was real. Like basically what he's saying is like, I loved, I love all three of you in different ways. They're all real love, but in the, but it, but it has to end there. Like for whoever he has a stronger love for someone else. But so like, so for who he picked, wow, Natalie, can you talk? I forget exactly how he said it, but what he means is I have a love for everybody, but for the one I pick, my love is just stronger. And then it has to end there for the other two is, as I think what he means. So she asks why he didn't say it or like he, no, she asks like, why did you even decide to say this? Like that you love all three of us. Like, why did you not just keep like, not say that? And he said, because I feel it. And I wanted you to know. And I thought I owed it to you. So then she asked him like to put himself in her position. Like, what am I supposed to do? So you say that where the stronger love is, that's just who you're going to pick. And that the other ones, it ends there. She's like, so I'm just, it's just supposed to end there for me. Like, are you, I'm just supposed to stop loving you because you didn't love me the most, which I get what she's saying here. Like I, 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 that made sense to me when she said that. And well, well, coming up, what Nick says makes sense to go along with that. But anyway, um, I, but then she like gets upset at him for like saying this out loud. Like, why didn't you just keep this to yourself? I think is basically what she says. And she kind of walks off. This annoyed me because again, and I get that they're in the moment saying that. And I think they forget sometimes that this is going to be a TV show, but it's ridiculous to say that. Like, why did you tell all, why did you tell us that, that you love us all three? Okay. Gabby and all of you, you're going to hear it anyway. As a reminder, this is the bachelor and this is a TV show. If you don't hear it now from him, you're going to hear it when you watch it back. So what's worse? I guess you have to decide that what's worse hearing it now in the moment or hearing it when maybe he's picked you, but now you have to listen to him say it to everyone else. What you're going to see it. It's a television show and you guarantee they're going to show that. So it's ridiculous to get mad at him because he decided to say it because you are going to hear it anyway. So Gabby says that love isn't measured. She doesn't get the whole like love the most thing and says she doesn't want to be loved the most. She wants to be loved for who she is. And I, I do feel like that's a weird way of saying it. I know he probably just doesn't know how else to say it because it's probably actually really true, but they, they all make points to this coming up. So, okay. Then we cut to segment four. And Rachel is ITMing that she didn't think it was possible to love all three. She says like, what am I supposed to, and here's what I meant here. What am I supposed to like, hope he loves me just a little bit more than the others. Um, like that has to be a, like a bad, I, I can, wow. I feel like I'm so rambly, but I, I get how that has to be the strangest and like desperate feeling. Like 
I know he loves all three of us and maybe he loves me just a little bit more. So I'm going to hope that he loves me just a little bit more most than Gabby, even though he really loves Gabby. Maybe he loves me just a little bit more that he'll pick me. I get that. That's like a super weird unsettling feeling to have. So she verbalizes that that way. And then she decides she just wants to go and she talks to him and says, she says she's in a lot of pain. Rachel cries a lot. I guess some people are more criers than others. This was definitely a difference between Gabby and Rachel, but she is like for real crying though. The tears are flowing. I'm probably would be me, honestly. Um, but she's crying very hard. They sit down and talk. She tells him she's in a lot of pain and her heart is breaking. And she feels like the whole last week wasn't even that special anymore. Like when he said he loved her is what she's referring to. And he says that the love he, he says again, the love I feel for each of you is different. I don't think this is comforting to them. And again, <clears throat> I really am trying to see both sides. I get that this is not comforting to them at all. And he's not walking in their shoes when he's saying this, because that probably really means nothing. I know they know what he means, but that is of no help to them in understanding this because like, okay, so our love is different. Your love is different for all of us. Which kind of love are you looking for in a wife then? You know, I think anyway, so quit saying anyway. Um, so she says she's so in love with him and her heart is breaking. She says it's so hard for her to understand how the love that she feels for him, he's actually feeling it for like three people. He can't really, I mean, he it, he's like just listening at this point. He's not really trying to come back with something for that. I don't really know what you can come back for with that. He asks if she can just trust him to take it day by day, but to please not leave yet. And he wants her to meet his family. And there was not really an answer. Cut to commercial. We get segment five. He goes back to the rose altar made of ice and waits for them both. He's just standing up there again. Um, first, we see Rachel appear coming up the steps. Then in comes Gabby from off to the side somewhere. Yep. My 30 minutes ended without me realizing it again. Holy crap. So I have to re-record here a few minutes. Okay. Um so Gabby comes up the steps then next and they both stand there. Uh, he apologizes to them both and says he understands that they choose not to accept the rose. So he's totally giving them an out freedom to get out. Um, Rachel's first and she accepts Gabby's next. And she says she can't, which I was kind of, so I was surprised when she said that in the moment, even though we know there's previews coming up to where we see her. So we know at least she's still in the show. You know, we don't, I guess, know exactly how, but she says she can't. And she asks like him, will you walk me out? And I, I really was surprised by this. And Rachel, though, was clearly surprised. I don't mean to laugh, but like her reaction was so authentic and I appreciated it so much because she was in total disbelief. She, her eyes got so big and as they were walking down the steps, she kept looking back at them and then she'd like look at a producer or you know what I mean and then she would like then she like covered her mouth and and she was thrown like she was so thrown that Gabby left like she couldn't believe it 
And um, I just thought that was priceless. So anyway, they go downstairs and then he like talks to her a little bit. Gabby says she thought that they had something special and unique. Um, she says she, this, I got a kick out of, she says she's not in the business of competing with someone for love. Um, sorry. <laughs> Did you forget that you're on the TV show called the bachelor, which is literally a game where you compete for love. I believe they even use that tag in the, in promoting the show. This cracked me up. I get it. They're in the last two. So at this point, maybe they don't feel like that, but it's literally what they're doing. And then Clayton is like, this isn't a competition. Yeah, it is a competition. Game of roses. It is literally a game. Um, whatever. I know this is schematics, but it just cracked me up that they actually use that wording and the show will never accept that this is a form of a game. It, it is. I mean, they have competition. They literally have games and competitions where they're supposed to compete to get time with Clayton. I mean, it's literally what they do and that they keep that in there that she, I mean, I, okay. So you get what I'm saying. I think it was so funny that they both said that. It just was not necessary. They should have cut that part out. Um, he sees, he says he sees something with them and she says he should put himself in her shoes. And he keeps saying that there's different ways to fall in love, but she says, I just don't know how to proceed with you saying that because you say there's different ways to fall in love, but yet you're saying it's who you love the most in the end, which makes sense to me that that is super confusing. Um, I don't, she said, I don't want to be loved the most. And you just can't measure love like that. Like I just don't, she's didn't understand that. So uh, inevitably he says, is your heart telling you to walk out the door? Or do you want to give another chance? Which is then to segment five, cut to segment six. She says she doesn't, she doesn't know. So at this point, um, at this point, like, I feel like this is the true end. At this point, I don't think it's any longer about followers. You've, you've made it through the entire show. This is it. There's like a sh one show left. And if you are not really into the bachelor, I don't know that there's much left for you to gain by staying as far as like, if they really are there for the wrong reasons and this is just a stepping stone and blah, 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 blah. So if you have even the remotest, like I am not a hundred percent sure I love him, then like this would be the terrific time to just get out because like there's except for being the bachelorette, there's nothing more to really gain. So I feel like this is the one point in the show where you really have to go with how you actually feel about this lead. Like, do you actually feel like you love him? Is it worth it? Because if they're really feeling love for him, they know that a big, 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 big heartbreak, they just had one. They know a big heartbreak and even bigger one is probably coming. So if you're not willing to put yourself through that and you don't want to go through that, this is the time to say, I just can't. So, I, so this is an interesting juncture to be in for them because this is the end now. So, um, so then they show Rachel, which this was kind of cute too. She was just like, I'm sure she was like, well, I, I'm just going to sit down on the floor. <laughs> like, I'm crying. I'm hot because I'm like stressed and crying. She's just sitting on the floor talking to a producer in her dress and heels. 
And she's like, this is like the worst scenario to be in because, and it makes sense. She said, there's just two people left. And so I'm just like the only one left, not because he chose me, but just cause like everyone else left. So here I am like that. She's not, not the position I wanted to be in either, which I totally get. She said, am I supposed to just, what am I supposed to do? Just leave too? Or what do I do? So then here he and Gabby come up and she's still sitting on the floor. No, she gets up and, um, but Gabby's with him. So that surprises her as well. And, uh, as she's getting up, Gabby's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I am sorry. I made you wait. And she was like, again, like true. These, these seemed like refreshingly, even though they were like heartbreaking, like true concerns and feelings like for each other even. And she just earnestly looked at Gabby and was like, stop, like, don't apologize. Like, stop. And she asked her, Rachel asked Gabby, are you okay? And she's like, nods her head, but it was like an intimate whisper between them. You know, it was, wasn't, I, I genuinely was not for the cameras. I really feel like she was like, wow, you're back. And like, are you okay? And whatever, you could just tell that they were really, they're really close. Um, so Clayton, once again, asks Gabby, uh, if she'll accept the rose <laughs> Tyler goes, what if she says, he said, wouldn't that be funny if she'd like say no again, she'd be like, ha jokes on you. Screw that. <laughs> so that, was, that would have really been a good twist. If she would have been like, okay, I'll show all of you. I'm going to come back up here. Will you accept this rose? Hell no. See ya. Um, Anyway, so, so she accepts it this time. And then they have like this awkward toast where Gabby's like, he's like, I feel like this isn't a time to cheers. And she's like, well, why don't we just cheers that like, we're all still here. We're all still in it or whatever. I don't know. <clears throat> all right. But, uh, she says ITMs that she might be kicking herself next week. So we cut to segment seven. We have, um, a little segment where they've gotten some leads. Uh, so they have <clears throat> six leads plus Rodney <laughs> from Michelle's season. I was like, that is so random. Could you not get Becca? Oh no, Becca's Becca would have come, but she's um, doing currently doing bachelor live. I was like, can't you find one more lead to come in and not just like randomly Rodney from Michelle's season? I thought that was so funny. But in this segment we have um, Claire, which I'm not a fan. Uh, Nick, I am a fan and Michelle. And I am a fan. Um, so he asks kind of vague questions. Jesse asked them questions and he says, do you think, do you think Clayton handled this right? And she, I don't know. She's just so holier than thou. I, I do not like her. I never really have liked her. I, I just, she annoys me because I don't ever feel like she's authentic, but she's sitting there real proper with her back straight and her legs crossed just right. And she's like, no. And like, she always tries to act like she's all this like girl power and like, no. And what I say, I'm going to say really what I think, you know, like, I feel like she always is trying to like make a statement. And she thinks after every statement she makes, like the whole audience is going to get up and give her a standing ovation because what she says is so powerful. And, oh, she just annoys the crap out of me. So, but she's like, no, I actually, actually, I don't think he handled it well at all. Ooh, boy, that is earth shattering. You were the first one to say that, Claire. She says a little something else, but it doesn't matter. It was along the same lines. So then, um, uh, Jesse asked Nick, 
I kind of the same thing. Nick expands very m m much more. Well, that was, <laughs> uh, he articulated himself much better, made a much better, much more specific point. Unlike Claire, who's just like, no, I don't think he handled it well at all. That's all I got to say. Okay. So, but he says, which this made sense to me. And I didn't think about this. Nick says what, where he made the mistake. And I know he probably didn't think of it in the moment is that he already told Susie that he loved her the most. So we keep kept hearing this whole back. They said this how many times during this rose ceremony we just witnessed about how whoever he loves the most is who he would pick. And he was like, he already told Susie that he loved her the most. So he's like, Nick says at this point, I wonder what Gabby and Rachel will think watching this back because he's already told Susie that. And then Nick says he doesn't think that Clayton actually did take the time to empathize with the women and was actually only thinking about like who was best for him and like the love for himself. And he wonders how they feel now watching this back, knowing he told Susie he loved her the most, but he also wonders if Clayton can see that like, he never really was like, you know, I wonder how this, the woman, women will feel. And like, cause they're in the relationship too. Are they the best suited for me? Will they feel the best? Like, you know, like he didn't really empathize with them. So, okay. That was Nick's contribution. And then Michelle, um, said something about how no matter what, that there was no rule book for being a lead in the bachelor. And it was very, very difficult, but that, um, both sides have to both feel like they're heard and acknowledged. So that was a good point too. I thought so you could tell who I like. And <laughs> okay. Segment eight. Um, so now we have the hometown or well, it's not hometown, but they meet Clayton's family and they're waiting for them in Iceland. As a reminder, this family is from Missouri, very close to where I uh, was born and raised until four years ago. Um, till we moved here. But, uh, so it was interesting. I mean, like, obviously I don't know them or anything and that really doesn't mean anything. Missouri is a big state, but I was just curious to see how his family would be. Uh, so I am yawning. Oh, sorry. So it's mom and dad and his two brothers. One of them being ones that slid up on Teddy's <laughs> Instagram. I was wanting to know which one it was so bad. I was wanting to know which one it was. Um, so he comes out, Clayton does, and he basically to cut it short, goes over everything with them. I mean, tells them about Susie and what all happened with her, tells them about how everything went down last night, tells everything, tells them how Gabby first said no. And then he convinced her to say, so he literally like tells them everything that happens. So they're fully aware of it all. And we find out that Gabby is going to have the first meeting of the family. And you can tell the dad, like I had to respect, actually, I thought both mom and dad, mom was Kelly. I can't remember dad's name. I don't think I wrote it down, but I, I thought they both had pretty good points to him. And I thought that they were both, I thought they both seemed like not TV hungry, but like actually interested in how this was going for their son. But like, in full cooperation mode with the show, if that makes sense. Like I didn't think either one of them were like, Ooh, I'm going to be on TV, but yet they weren't like closed off either. And they were, they seemed like their real selves, if that made sense. Um, but the, cause the dad says like, you have to understand that none of them want to be second or third. They all want to be first. And, um, 
And the dad seemed to empathize with Susie about her whole thought process about, you know, the deal breaker. Um, and he, he like reminds Clayton as we've all talked and how Nick actually just pointed out that you have to understand where they're coming from, basically empathize with them. So, um, then mom admits that she feels like this is after she learns about like how last night went, she's like, I hope this isn't going to be awkward with Gabby. I don't really know how I'm going to be able to talk to her because I feel like she's feeling like the consolation prize. And I don't know how to treat that. He's like, don't treat either one of them like a consolation prize because that's not how I look at them. Okay. So then he goes to get Gabby from the car that pulled up They're just like this little house thing in Iceland, obviously. Uh, he gets Gabby from the car and she says she's feeling better and ready to meet them. So Kelly, the mom goes and talks or she talks and she gets emotional. And, um, cause first, uh, Gabby made this like cute little toast and then the mom talks and, and <laughs> I felt for her. It's, it was like a very awkward moment for a second, but I feel like it was like her first, like she wanted to make a statement that would be like, come across really like articulated on TV and she got emotional and I, it was like true emotional. Like I felt like she was about to cry. Cause she said something like, um, um, that she has been waiting for this meaning like for, you know, the person that Clayton maybe will eventually married. And, um, and she's just like, he's just such a wonderful man. And, and I think she wanted to say, so, so Gabby, do you want to go and talk? But then it didn't feel like the right time to say that. So she was like, so I guess cheers to the process or I, that's not what she said, but like cheers to Cla <laughs> it was such an awkward moment. Oh my God. I felt for her. And I wish that the, I wish they would have cut that. Like I liked her getting emotional, but then the whole, like trying to, to, to segue into cheers, but not really. Oh, anyway. Um, uh, okay. So Kelly asks, um, Gabby, what made her stay? And Gabby says she's always trusted her intuition and that she didn't want to give up on a man like Clayton without seeing it to the end. Dad asks Gabby how she is. And he tells her that he respects that she walked away and then came back. He thought that was very big of her and brave. Then dad ITMs that he wants to see his son have his own clarity. Like he wants to help him, but he wants to have him see his own clarity. So then they leave. Everything basically went well. Uh, Gabby tells, they go outside the house to say goodbye. Gabby tells him that she's glad she stayed. She tells him she really loves him and she ITMs that she knows she made the right decision. And then we cut to Jesse in the live audience and he says, there's going to be an unexpected turn. So we cut to segment nine. It's Rachel's turn. Um, she first ITM, she's feeling really hurt and has a lot of different emotions. Um, so then anyway, she comes in, she meets everyone. Mom, ITM, she's anxious to see what the differences are in the two girls. Rachel talks to the mom first and Rachel says it was really tough. And that it's really been hard for her to understand how he can love three people. Um, but she thought their relationship deserved for her to give him her all. Mom agrees. Um, Rachel confirms that she would accept his proposal if he did propose. Mom tells Rachel, Kelly tells Rachel that she respected that Rachel wanted to stay even after everything went down. Like she never had like really said no. 
So she respected that. Dad talks to her and she says she feels she's like going, honestly, she's going on and on and on about Clayton, how she feels so strongly about him and loves him so much. She says she trusts him and still trusts him. And dad says, I would have smacked him, (laughs) which I thought was kind of funny, but I feel like such a good dad thing to say. I think like that would even be a good mom thing to say. Uh, I love that they kept that in there, but anyway, she gushes on and on about him. Then, uh, so then they leave, whatever it was. Okay. So then Rachel leaves and Clayton comes back in and asks them their thoughts. And dad tells Clayton, um, if you don't feel it inside, it's not right. Um, like basically you just go with your gut. So dad reminds him that he's going to hurt someone and he has to accept that. And then he ITMs to end the segment. How, like, how can I, and he brings up again that he just can't let it go that Susie has left and that he's starting to realize that. Okay. So here we suspect where the turn is going to take place, but we don't know for sure yet. So we're at segment 10. He's still talking with his parents and dad asks what Clayton says. He's just conflicted. And dad says about what exactly. And he admits that his heart is, he, he tells them like, you have been telling me, you can tell this has taken course over the past few days. Cause he even says that, I think he mentions like days, plural, they've been here and trying to help him. And he says, you've been trying to help me like search my heart and figure this out and like dig deep inside. And he admits that his heart is beyond these walls and it's with Susie. So it goes back and forth here very interestingly because, you know, like, and again, they're his parents. So I loved that this was the angle taken. I personally loved it because it was like, I mean, they were going at this point, obviously they haven't seen this footage or anything. So they're going based on what Clayton said. And I feel like he accurately depicted it. Um, And he admitted that he got angry with her and stuff like that. But mom and dad are both saying she left you. And he tells them, but I stopped listening to her. Like she kept talking, but I stopped listening and she wasn't done talking and I didn't listen to her and I just got upset. And when, um, when they had their argument and he understands where she's coming from and the dad is like, I think you're just grasping at straws and that she made the choice to walk. Like they keep saying this, both mom and dad are like, but she left. Like you said that she didn't like, she wasn't willing to stay. She she was forcing your hand to let her leave. And, um, they say, well, why didn't you stop her? If, if you felt that way and he's like, cause I was just caught up in the moment, which this is, I think, insert the whole, I felt like she thought she wanted to be the bachelorette here. He obviously isn't going to. So see, they can't go there in this edit. He may have even said that to his parents. I believe he probably did. Again, we know these conversations are way longer than we see. I believe he even told his parents, look, in the moment, I thought she wanted to be the bachelorette. I don't think that anymore. Blah, 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 blah. Obviously, they're not going to break that fourth wall amongst the show. They should because everyone knows that and it's out there. Why don't they just put that? They're they're making tiny, tiny steps towards that, but they're they're never going to do that. I don't think so. So they're not bringing that into it, but they're being like, she went to leave. Like, don't feel bad. If someone leaves you, you can't like, just, you have to let them go is what they were saying. And he's just not, he's not letting go of that. 
And um, then they go back and forth and back and forth for a little while. And, and uh, Clayton, and they said she walked away and that's it. And he said, but how do you know that's it? And um, mom then asks why he screwed that up by being intimate with both the other girls. And he didn't answer that question. And then he says that he, he says they told him, like his parents told him to follow his heart. And this is just what his heart is telling him. The brother then says, if that's what your heart is saying and you're willing to take the chance, then that's what you should do. Meaning try to make contact with Susie again. So the brother ITMs, which I thought this was a little bit funny, the brother ITMs, he didn't think there was anything else that could shock him. And then boom, he was wrong. And Jesse walks in, which is funny because they've never done it this way either with the family there that Jesse just like walks in on them. This is usually a conversation between Jesse and Clayton, like, what do you want to do now? And um, Jesse uh, tells him, obviously Jesse knows this, that he wants to pursue Susie. And Jesse tells him Susie is still in Iceland. Uh, Clayton says he doesn't know this. I whatever I on past podcasts, I've heard several times from other people that like when they're at their final destination, I mean, they can't send Susie home as soon as she leaves, because then like when she gets back, everyone would know that she didn't win. You know what I'm saying? So they have to keep the final three all there until it's all over and then send them all home at one time. So, uh, so Susie, he tells her Susie's still in Iceland. All right. So then we get like, oh shit, that's kind of, the, that was the end of like the filmed part. Okay. Please let me not be close to 30 minutes. Uh, okay. So then we go back to the live audience again. And now we have alumni. This time we have Caitlin and we have Cassie Randolph. That's right. She was not a lead, but she was who Colton um, did the whole fence jump pick thing before he announced he was gay. Um, she was there and then Rodney, (laughs) but Caitlin, he asked Caitlin first, like her advice on it. And she says, he's always going to break someone's heart. And she said, he's a lot like me because he is a victim of being in the moment too much. Like he's too much in the moment and doesn't maybe think before he talks and like, you know, just says whatever he's thinking at that second. Um, and she says he has to pursue the person that he sees his life with and just take that risk. Cassie, I liked her point because this was very much from her perspective because she was almost in this exact situation. She left. She left too, like Susie, not for the same reasons, but she left and she was the one that Colton was going to pick, as we all know. And he went, he just went to Hannah G and Tasha and said, look, this is the deal. And I'm sorry, I can't continue. Went and jumped the fence. It was a whole thing. They ended up together. And well, we all know how this all ended up. That's not what I'm going to get into now. But Cassie says, um, he, Jesse says, what should Susie do? And she said, and I thought this came from a really, really, really good authentic place from her. She said, I just hope that if he, you know, obviously she said, it does look like he's going to find Susie and that they're going to talk, but I hope that Susie doesn't feel any pressure to say yes from anyone from Clayton from, I forget how she worded it. I don't think she said producers, but she said, I hope she doesn't feel pressure from the show because like the show wants an engagement. I think that's how she said it. Um, so she kind of put it on the show and they didn't cut that. Um, like she, 
she said, I just hope she doesn't feel any pressure from anyone to say yes. I hope she only says yes if she absolutely wants to herself, which I think is extremely good advice. And then Rodney says that Clayton needs to follow his heart, but he also agreed with <clears throat> Caitlin that he should think before he talks. So Rodney kept nervously giggling. God bless Rodney. He's the cutest, I think. But he was on, I think, because he's Clayton's friend. Okay. So then they end the show. And one of the most interesting things that came out of the end of the show was that Jesse Palmer says, you know, stay tuned tomorrow night for part two of the finale. And no one's going to believe the ending because we don't actually know. I don't even know. He's going on about this. And they said, and the new bachelorette will be here. Yes. He said the new bachelorette will be here. As you remember, and as I feel like all of America thought, in addition to me, is that totally Rachel was going to win and Susie was going to be the bachelorette. That's what everybody thought. <clears throat> he says, um, you may think you know who it is, but you don't. So I feel like I am more curious about that. That's nah, about equal curiousness. I want to know how this ends with Clayton, but I'm so freaking curious. Either that or they're trying to throw us off and they're going to make it seem like Clayton and Susie are going to get together, but then actually she'll be the bachelorette. But I'm not sure if that's going to be the case because now Clayton has come out. He has to know who the bachelorette is already, but he has come out and admitted that he thought that was part of the reason that she was leaving because she wanted to be the bachelorette. So now I feel like if Rachel actually is the bachelorette, it is going to make it look like she did do that for that reason. You know what I'm saying? Right? So I feel like it's not going to be Rachel because then that would kind of make her look bad because people would be like, oh, so maybe Clayton was right. So that's so interesting to me. All right. That's the end. I'm going to cut it off right here. I'm at about an hour, which is perfect not perfect, but perfect enough. And, um, I will be here again. I'm releasing this Tuesday morning. I'll release tomorrow night, Wednesday morning. And then I have to think about what I'm going to do for the while that we'll have between we'll finally have a break. We'll finally have an actual real break from the bachelor until the bachelorette airs. So I have to figure out what I'm going to do in the meantime, but talk about that later. Uh, to end my segment, I thought this was kind of a fitting verse to go along with bachelor stuff and people saying things that maybe don't mean, but it is Proverbs 15 verse 23. And it is everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. So thank you for joining me. Join me please again for tomorrow, the next episode so we can see how this ends, see who the bachelorette is. And I appreciate all y'all for listening and I will talk to you soon. Bye.